Chapters 1 through 6 of the Second Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, from the New Testament in Modern English, translated by Ferrar Fenton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mark Penfold. Chapter 1 Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, through the will of God, and the brother Timothy, to the assembly of God existing in Corinth, with all the saints who are inhabiting all Achaia, grace and peace to you from our Father God and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all consolation, who consoles us in all our affliction, to enable us to console all the afflicted by the same consolation with which we were consoled from God, so that as the sufferings of Christ overflowed to us, in the same way our consolation flows through Christ. But when we are grieved, there is a consolation reflecting upon your energetic endurance of the same suffering that we suffer, for our confidence is upon you. We are thus consoled by your having been consoled and saved, and our hope rests upon you, knowing that as you are participators with our sufferings, thus you will be also with the consolation. For we do not wish you to be ignorant, brothers, about the affliction which came to us in Asia, where we were excessively loaded beyond our power, so much so that we despaired even of life. Nay, more, we possessed in our own selves the sentence of death, so that we might not trust upon ourselves, but upon the God who raises the dead, who rescued us from so much of death, and will rescue, on whom we further confide, that he will still rescue, you uniting with us to desire it, so that through the prayers of many the gift may be granted through you to us. For our pride is the exact evidence of our conscience, because with divine frankness and honesty, not with worldly philosophy, but in accordance with a divine gift, we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially among you. For we have not written differently to you from what you know and what you acknowledge, and I hope also that you will acknowledge until perfect. And as you have partially acknowledged that we are your pride, so you are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And with this confidence we intended to come to you before, so that you might have a second pleasure, and by way of you to pass into Macedonia, and again from Macedonia to return to you, and to be sent by you to Judea. Then did I decide with fickleness when I intended this? Or what I decided, did I decide it capriciously, so that there should be the yes and no with me? But, true God, I know that our object towards you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, and Silvanus and Timotheus, has not been yes and no. On the contrary, it has become sure in him. For whatever was promised from God in him is the yes, and in him the certainty, for the honor of God by our means. And he who supports us with you in Christ, and sanctifies us, is God. And he attested us, and gave the pledge of the Spirit to our hearts. And I can call upon God to give evidence to my life that I never came into Corinth shrinking from you, not that we dominate your faith, although we are partners in your pleasure, 
for you stand by faith. Chapter 2 So I decided with myself not to come again to you with distress. For if I should distress you, then who could gladden me except he who was distressed by me? And I have written this especially, so that I might not, when coming, bring distress upon those whom I wish to please. For I trust upon you all, because you are all a delight to me. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and agony of heart, with many tears, not intending that you should be distressed, but so that you might know the very great love that I have for you. If one man has been distressed, that has not distressed me, except partially because I would not burden you all. The punishment is better for such a fellow than that it should be upon you all. However, you should now rather cheer and console him for fear that excessive reproof may drown him. I would advise you, therefore, to punish him in love, for I wrote with this object as well, in order that I might know your feelings, if you would be obedient in everything. But when you grant pardon to him, I will also. However, what pardon I grant, if I grant any pardon, it is for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be overmastered by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. But coming to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and a door being opened for me by the Lord, I had no ease in my spirit on account of failing to find my brother Titus. So leaving them, I proceeded into Macedonia. But thanks to the God who everywhere gave us triumph in Christ and showed through us in every place the sweetness of the knowledge of him, because we are a sweet perfume of Christ to God, both among the saved and among the perishing. To these, however, an odor of deadly death to those an odor of living life. And who is equal to this? For we are not like the most, adultering the message of God. On the contrary, we speak with purity as from God, in the presence of God, in Christ. Chapter 3 Are we beginning again to commend ourselves, as though we needed, like some, introductory letters to you or from you, you are our letter, written in our hearts, read and acknowledged by all men. For you are a clear letter from Christ, transmitted by us, not written with ink, but by a living Spirit of God, not upon stony tablets, but upon fleshly tablets of hearts. And we have this great confidence through Christ before God not because we are equal to be accounted anything by ourselves, as though from out of ourselves, but our capacity is instead from God, who also qualifies us as ministers of a new settlement, not a literal, but a spiritual. For the letter destroys, but the spirit restores to life. And if the mortal ministry, with letters formed upon stone, began in splendor, so that the sons of Israel were not able to look upon the face of Moses because of the splendor of his perishable face, how much greater must be the splendor of the spiritual ministry? For if the ministry of the condemnation was splendid, how much more must the ministry of righteousness exceed in splendor? for that splendid institution was not glorious in comparison with this surpassing splendor, for if the vanishing passed through splendor, the permanent will exist in much greater magnificence. 
Possessing therefore such a hope, we use great freedom of speech, and not like Moses, who placed a veil over his face, so that the sons of Israel might not look to the end of what was to pass away. On the contrary, it dimmed their thoughts, for to the present day, the same veil over the perception of the old settlement remains unmoved, because it is only removed by Christ. Indeed, until today the veil lies over their heart when Moses is considered, but when they return to the Lord, the veil will be removed. For the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Therefore all of us, having the reflected splendor from the unveiled face of the Lord, will be transformed into the same resemblance from splendor to splendor, entirely by an inspiration from the Lord. Chapter 4 Therefore, having this service, since we have received it, we have not been cowardly, but have renounced the secret dealings of shame, not wandering in villainy, nor cheating the intention of God, but with the openness of the truth establishing ourselves with all manly consciousness before God. And if our good news is veiled, it is veiled to the perishing, in whom the God of this age has darkened the thoughts with unbelief, so that they cannot perceive the light of the gospel of rectification from Christ, who is the representative of God. For we have not preached ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus. When God spoke, from darkness light shone, which has shone in our hearts to enlighten the knowledge of the rectification from God, face to face with Christ. But we possess this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the grandeur of the power may be from God, and not from us, who are in all places pressed upon, but not overpowered, at a loss, but not despairing, driven on, but not forsaken, repulsed, but not exterminated, everywhere carrying about the dying of Jesus in the body, so that in our body the life of Jesus may be displayed. We are always living for death, surrendered for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our mortal bodies. Consequently, his death energizes in us, but his life in you. And possessing the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I believed, therefore I spoke, we also believe and consequently speak, knowing that he who raised Jesus will also raise us with Jesus, and present us with you. For all is for your sakes, so that the perfected gift may overflow from the grateful multitude to the honor of God. We do not therefore act like cowards, but even if our outward man is exhausted, yet our inward is renewed day by day. For the fleeting trifle of our sufferings will acquire to us, in an immeasurable eternity, an unsurpassed load of glory, we not looking at the seen, but at the unseen, for the seen is temporary, but the unseen eternal. Chapter 5 For we know that even if our terrestrial home of this tent should be removed, we possess a home, a building from God, not made by hand, eternal in the heavens, and indeed, we groan in this, longing to be endowed with our little cottage from heaven. 
and if we are endowed, we shall not be found shelterless. And indeed, we, while loaded in this tent, groan. Yet we do not wish to be stripped of it, but to be endowed, so that this mortality may be swallowed up by that life. But he who enables us to work for this purpose is God, who gave us the pledge of the Spirit. Therefore we everywhere cheer ourselves, and know that while at home in the body we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we take heart, although we would choose to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, and besides, we are desirous, whether present or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all be reviewed before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive the reward of what he has done in this body, whether good or bad. Consequently, knowing how to reverence the Lord, we persuade men that we may shine forth to God, and I hope we shine forth also to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves again to you, but rather giving to you an opportunity of boasting about us, that you may hold against those boasting in appearance and not in heart. For if we are mad, it is for God. If we are rational, it is for you. For the love of Christ sustains us, deciding us, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that the living should no longer live for themselves, but instead, for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from the present time, we regard none according to social position, and although we knew Christ personally, yet now we know him so no longer, so that, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old has passed away, for all things have become new." But the whole is from God, who restored us to himself through Christ, and gave to us the office of restoration, since God was in Christ leading back the whole world to himself, not reckoning up their sins against them. And he deposited with us the reason of that restoration. Therefore we fulfill an embassy from Christ, as though God invited through us, we implore you for Christ's sake, be gathered again to God." He who never knew sin, for our sakes, was regarded as sin, so that we might be righteousness towards God in him. Chapter 6 And working together with him, we also encourage you not to accept the gift of God in vain. For he says, I have heard you in a favorable season, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Now the present is a very favorable time. Now the present is a day of salvation. We give no offense to any, so that the service may not be blamed. On the contrary, we conduct ourselves like servants of God under all circumstances. In perfect obedience, in afflictions, in distresses, in difficulties, in contentions, in watchings, in riots, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger— when rejected, when recognized, by self-restraint, when conferring benefits, by a holy spirit, by unpretended love, by true reason, by divine power, by the arms of righteousness on the right and the left, through honor and disgrace, through bad report and good report, as though deceivers, yet truthful, 
at times ignored when fully known, apparently killed, and yet we are alive, seemingly crushed, and yet not killed, thought to be grieved, but always rejoicing, seemingly poor, but enriching multitudes, apparently having nothing, although possessing all. Our mouth is open to you, Corinthians. Our heart is spread out. You are not contracted in us, but you are contracted in your own affections. However, unfold yourselves and return it. I speak to you as children. Become not unequally connected with unbelievers. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what community between light and darkness? And who can make concord between Christ and Belial? Or who can classify faith with unbelief? Or who can make the sanctuary of God unite with idols? For you are a living, divine sanctuary. As God says, I will dwell and travel with them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not uncleanness. And I will accept you and be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the all-ruling Lord. The End of Chapters 1-6 through six. Recording by Mark Penfold